Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 12 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. This is another quick tip episode. So a shorter kind of 15 or 20 minute episode that you can listen to on your way to work or the commute to and from the gym. So today I want to talk all about growth spurts 101 for the female gymnast. So I want to share with you what I consider the top nutrition considerations during puberty for the female gymnast. And don't worry, I will do another episode um, specifically for male gymnasts because their timelines and some of the things that they face and struggle through are not the same. But puberty is the period during which adolescents reach sexual maturity and become capable of reproduction. So for females, they generally start puberty between ages 8 to 13 years old and usually finish up around 5 to 6 years after it starts. And for the female gymnast, unfortunately, there's often um, delayed puberty that we see, which places them at incredible risk for injury and poor performance if their body is not allowed to go through puberty at a normal rate. And I have to say, you know, sometimes delayed puberty can be um, from different hormonal conditions like growth hormone deficiency or some sort of congenital disorder. But I would say nine times out of 10 for the female gymnast, it's all due to underfueling. So we'll take a deeper dive on this subject in other episodes, but I want to share with you what I consider the top five things you as a parent and coach need to keep in mind as your gymnast is getting older and they're going through puberty. Number one, we have to make sure that the gymnast has what is called adequate energy availability, right? Um, Go back and listen to episode four on the podcast, all about red S or relative energy deficiency in sport. And you will get a whole tutorial on what it means to have adequate energy availability and what all the negative ramifications are to both a gymnast's health and performance if they are underfueled. And I can't stress this enough fueling your gymnast adequately from a young age. So compulsory lower level optionals, this is going to make, um, not only their transition through the upper levels that much easier, it's going to make their transition through puberty a lot smoother. And as I say all the time, if the body doesn't have enough calories to grow and develop, which is what we see in delayed puberty from under fueling, then it doesn't have enough calories to repair and recover. Like that is it. End of story. Um, you can't have your cake and eat it too, in terms of trying to keep your gymnast small or saying it's fine if they're delayed. You know, I've heard, I've heard all sorts of things over the years, right? I've heard things like, um, it'd be better if she doesn't get her period till after the Olympics, or, you know, she's got to get all her big skills now because once she hits puberty, she's not going to be able to do the same things anymore. Like none of that is true. And I'd say most of that advice is incredibly harmful. And I think the really difficult part of that 
in sport culture, especially gymnastics culture, is there's such a misunderstanding in what it really looks like for females, for males to grow and develop for their bodies to change. And I think especially for female gymnasts, there's so much of this pressure for them to look the same at, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old that they did when they were 12 years old. And that's just not biology. Like that's just not how it works. And I would say, on the whole, like we are evolving as a sport and things are getting better, right? Like the average age of female gymnasts at the Tokyo Olympics um, was age 20. So it's certainly not a little girl sport anymore, but, you know, lighter is better, smaller is better. Um, there's still a lot of kind of myths out there still floating around in different facets of the community that are just incredibly harmful and really are just dream crushers when it comes to helping gymnasts um, learn to fuel their bodies to navigate growth and development and um, get that longevity in the sport that they're looking for. So the second thing that you need to be aware of as a parent is performance nutrition. This is the intentional use of nutrition and hydration during probably about three, three and a half to four plus hour workouts that is going to help your gymnast level up their performance, their focus. It's going to help the recovery process. It's going to help them get the most out of their gym training and it's really going to be helpful when they go through puberty and all the biomechanical changes occur. So obviously during puberty, we get taller, our center of mass changes. And for some gymnasts, um, this can throw off some of their skills. Um, as one of my best colleagues, Dave Tilly likes to say, they're just misplaced skills, right? We haven't lost them. We're just needing some time, often months, if not a year or two to adjust to this kind of new woman body. But we also have to remember that um, performance nutrition is something that can kind of ease that burden of adjusting to this new body. You know, I work with a lot of adolescent gymnasts who have had growth spurts and they've grown a ton and they've gained weight, all of which is totally normal and healthy and should happen. But they're frustrated because they feel slow in the gym. They feel heavy. And in their minds, it's their body's problem. Like because they've grown up and because they've developed and now they have, you know, breasts and hips and all the things, and they have more body fat in their minds, like those changes are the reasons for the poor performance when really most of them are not fueled adequately to begin with. But then secondly, most of them only have water at training. And when you're a level eight, nine, 10 elite gymnast training four to five hours a day on only water, you're missing out on some valuable progress and attaining this kind of new level of performance that you could be getting with the same effort in the gym. The third thing that you need to be aware of as a parent is just bone health, right? And how many gymnasts have all sorts of injuries um, that tend to happen around puberty and around the growth spurts. And a big part of that is just underfueling. I tell parents this all the time, but you know, most parents and gymnasts engage in what's called unintentional underfueling, right? No parent for the most part is like blatantly trying to starve their kid or not feed their gymnast. Um, but just because you feed them three meals and a couple snacks a day and your gymnast says she's not hungry anymore. That doesn't mean that she's actually getting the right amount of nutrition to support 20 to 30 plus hours a week. So a couple years of underfueling, which is like the body being a ticking time bomb for injuries due to all of those years of poor repair and recovery. Then we pair that with this growth spurt where 
Um, they're even more at risk due to this mismatch in bone growth versus bone material mineralization. Um, and we're at even greater risk for injuries, especially to the growth plates. Um, this often occurs during um, kind of the biggest part of the growth spurt, um, which is also the greatest change or time period for bone mineral content. And essentially what happens is the, the long bones grow faster than the muscles and tendons that connect to the bone. And so that is what leads to the growth plate injuries like Seavers and Osgood slaughters, so on and so forth. So again, while nutrition can't prevent everything, if you think about it, if the body has the building blocks that it needs day in, day out to repair, to recover, to adapt to training and to fuel growth and development, your gymnast is going to have the best shot at staying as healthy as she can. The other big um, kind of injury category is bone stress injuries. And this is related to kind of this disparity, this mismatch in timing of bone growth and bone mineralization, which is only going to widen with underfueling. And so I treat a lot of gymnasts that have been diagnosed with stress fractures. Um, maybe the doctors catch it early and it's still a stress reaction. If you have been through that with your gymnast, you can, you know, that that could be months off or that could be, you know, over a year and surgery. And it can really, um, kind of derail the timeline for your gymnast and make it difficult for them on the comeback. The other injury category we see would be ligament injuries. So things like the ACL or Achilles tendon. And part of that is due to just the changes in female anatomy, the biomechanics, um, the hormones, you know, all these things affect strength during puberty and afterwards. And um, there's still a ton of research being done specifically in female gymnasts as to why we're seeing such high rates of Achilles tendon injuries. Um, but we've already learned from the research that Achilles tendons, you know, in particular, just to pick on that injury, um, that was my own struggle as a gymnast. They don't just rupture out of nowhere. You know, they don't just rupture on a tumbling pass one day. They often rupture because there is pathology to that tendon, which is basically a fancy word of saying, um, that the quality of the tendon, the strength, the integrity is not good. And it's not good from years and years and years of training and likely overtraining and under recovery, but then also, inadequate nutrition, right? Because obviously we can argue about training hours and overtraining um, until we're blue in the face, but we really don't know what the rates of injuries would be like or the timelines for healing would be like for gymnasts if they were properly fueled in the first place. The fourth thing you need to keep in mind as a parent or coach about growth spurts and puberty is the menstrual cycle. So menarche is the first menstrual bleed. Um, even after this first period, it may take a year, a year or two to start ovulating. Um, the average age is about 11 to 12, 12 and a half um, in females, depending on um, ethnicity. And by 15 years old, 98% should have reached menarche. So they had at least one period. Um, and this also should start about two to three years after breast development begins, which can be around nine years old, plus or minus for females of different ethnicities. So when you hear a doctor tell you that it's normal and fine, that your 15 or 16 year old gymnast hasn't started their period, that is not normal. And again, it's just like the whole concept of unintentional underfueling. The longer it takes for your gymnast to get their period, the more poor their bone mineralization is, is and the higher risk they are for bone-related injuries. And I've had gymnasts before I've worked with that, you know, they still haven't had a period by 15 or 16, 17 years old, and they actually developed osteopenia, which is the precursor to osteoporosis. And when you're diagnosed with that as a 16 or 17-year-old, that's really scary. And it takes a while to come back from that. 
And your body, your bones are basically like a ticking time bomb to not, not just get a fracture, but, but to break. Um, the other thing I have to say about the menstrual cycle, which, you know, we should have a whole other podcast on this topic is that birth control is not, um, it's not a fix. It's not a fix for not having a period. Um, having a bleed when you're taking birth control is not a real ovulatory cycle. It's just a withdrawal bleed in response to the fall in progesterone levels. Um, it does not protect the bones. We actually know that the hormones from an oral contraceptive are metabolized in the body differently than your own endogenous hormone production from the ovaries. And so, um, while it's hundred percent a personal choice for a teen female gymnast to start birth control for various reasons, um, you then lose what is considered the fifth vital sign. Like you then lose this ability to know whether or not the body's getting enough nutrition because this is how it works. There's a gland in the brain called the hypothalamus and it's kind of um, almost like this temperature gauge where it's constantly sensing, you know, what, what's the temperature, what's the stress, how's the nutrition. And if it senses that there's not enough nutrition to support a baby, it's going to tell the ovaries to shut it down and to stop producing appropriate levels of estrogen and progesterone. And while your gymnast may find it very convenient to not have a period, if the body senses there's not enough nutrition for that, then there's not enough nutrition to repair and recover. Hence all the injuries and growth weight injuries and bone related injuries that we see in teen female gymnast. The third, or I'm sorry, the fifth thing that you must know about um, females and growth spurts when it comes to gymnastics is there's several nutrients that are very important for energy and for performance and for recovery. And it's very important to be getting at least yearly labs done with your pediatrician or sports medicine doctor, um, and not to just put your gymnast on a bunch of random supplements. Um, sometimes I'll see parents ask, you know, other parents like, tell me what supplements your level nine gymnast is on, or tell me what supplement regimen your level 10 is on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, please don't crowdsource that information. Like, what someone's level 10 gymnast is on is going to probably be different than what your gymnast needs. And even if they both take the same supplements, they might need different doses based on their labs, based on their age, based on their weight. And so this is where working with a sports dietitian or a very knowledgeable sports medicine physician who understands um, female performance and what labs need to be checked is crucial. Um, it's not expensive. Insurance often covers these. And then you want to be very targeted in your supplementation. So for me, I always like a full iron panel with a ferritin and a vitamin D checked for female gymnasts. Um, if you haven't listened to our podcast on endurance, I take a deep dive into this subject and why I'm so passionate about it and how it can make such a huge difference in your gymnast performance, especially once they are fully fueled. So definitely go back to episode eight, all about nutrition and endurance for the gymnast. If you want to learn more about iron and vitamin D and what labs I think gymnasts should have each year. So with that, I hope this gives you kind of five actionable things to think about as your gymnast is growing and developing and their body is changing, which is normal, right? We all have to go from point A to point B. We're going to have some more in-depth episodes coming out on this topic, um, but as always, it would mean the world if you could leave us a rating and review over on iTunes if you're enjoying the podcast. Um, this helps iTunes show the podcast to more gymnast parents and coaches, spreading the message on fueling gymnasts for health and longevity in the sport. 
And if any of this resonates with you or you want to learn more, um, you can check out the show notes for ways to work with us. Um, And I also welcome you to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Feel free to um, contact us via email or our website. Um, We always love um, topic requests for the podcast of things that you want to learn more about, things that you found really helpful. And with that, I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.